The Spinning Mill, that is from Best of the Rest, featuring Cy Khan, and Cy Khan is on the line. That's that's an old song, Cy Khan, but this is on your new CD. Well, there's a reason for that, Michael. And let me say, hey, great to talk to you again. I mean, how many times have we talked together in your studios, on the phone, it's wonderful to be talking about oh, it's, it's a pleasure to know you and the work you've done. And uh, Well, let's let, get a little bit into that. The song I just opened up with, it's a, not a new song. How old is In the Spinning Mill? If the recording is probably 1991. I don't have it in front of me. But there are no new songs on Best of the Rest. Here's what happened. My quite wonderful record company contact, Peter Gronfeld, it's um, Greenfield in Dutch. So I've been recording since 1994 for Strictly Country Records in the Netherlands. It's my main label. We've probably done eight or nine albums for me, plus other albums I've produced, like Precious Memories with Sue Massick and Alice Gerard doing songs from my musical Precious Memories about Sarah Ogden Not, by the way, songs I wrote. Songs written by Sarah Ogden Gunning and Molly Jackson, traditional songs from that family, a couple of gospel numbers. I'm Jewish, so I know lots of gospel numbers. So Peter, as a surprise, 75th birthday gift, and I actually am quite surprised to be 75, right? So Peter told me, he said, you know, for your 75th birthday, I am going to put out a five-CD box set of the songs that you've recorded in Europe. Because I've done songs in Switzerland, in Germany, and in the Netherlands. I don't mean just songs, but entire albums. And that will be out the first of next year. So, Carrie Esther, my quite wonderful longtime radio promoter and career consultant, said, you know, why don't you pick four of your favorite songs from each of those five CDs? And let's put them on an album. And that's what Best of the Rest is. So in the spinning wheel, and by the way, I've heard it recorded as, as in the spinning wheel and as in the spinning world, you know, pay attention to the lyrics. I recorded that, I believe, in the winter of 1991 in Switzerland with the Kruger brothers when they were still living in Switzerland. I don't know if they'd even thought of moving to North Carolina. I view it as an absolutely brilliant exploration of the varieties of music that you could attach to a song. On the entire record, which is called Threads, there are two young Swiss women doing the harmony, and they don't speak any English. Jens Kruger taught them the words phonetically. Cy Khan is online. There's so much information there, Cy, that you, you just gave us. First of all, 75 years old. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I worked hard to get here. And second, 
Switzerland and Germany. What's wrong with recording in America? Oh, I have to admit that I've made many albums in America. They are accidents of history. I had had these songs in my head for a dozen years. Ever since, I spent many years working for the Textile Workers Union of America and helping organize the Carolina Brown Lung Association to help clean up the mills and get people compensation for the lung disease they had gotten at work. And I had all these songs, and I could never figure out the sound that I wanted for them. And then at Merlefest, I met and listened to and performed with the Kruger Brothers. I thought, that's the sound that I'm looking for for this album. And I talked to the Krugers, and they said, we'd love to, but we don't actually live in the United States. And we have families back home and kids in school, and we actually can't come here for a week to do an album with you. But if you'll come to Switzerland, um, we'll do it there. So, you know, it was, what choice did I have? I had to become a temporary expatriate. That sounds like a good option. <laughs> yeah. And, and and there's a similar story for each of the, of the albums, why it was recorded there. But no, I recorded in... Um, Oh, probably at least half a dozen studios in the United States, and quite happily so. You said you organized the Brown Lung Association. Are you a labor organizer or a singer-songwriter? That's easy. I am a civil rights labor and community organizer. That's my identity. That's what I've done professionally for 53 years. It is what I still do. The best thing I ever said about my music, and I can't remember which reporter I said it to, I said, my music is a hobby that got out of hand. <laughs> and, and I don't call myself a singer-songwriter because singer-songwriters are primarily writing songs for themselves to perform. And that's not what I'm doing. First of all, I, I do very, very little performing. I On a... On a average basis, maybe a dozen performances a year, concerts, most of them fundraisers for good organizations, two or three festivals. So I'm far from a full-time performing musician. But I'm also writing songs that I hope other people will sing and sing together. On my official 75th birthday album, which came out on April 23rd, my 75th birthday, um, Folks, if you're listening to Michael Stock's quite wonderful radio show on WLRN right there in Miami, Florida, and I hope that my cousins Jack and Diana Cotter are listening because they're quite wonderful, and they may not know that I'm having supper with their kids in New York next week. Just wanted to keep you guys up to date. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Way too much information you're giving us, I. <laughs> hey, Michael, you control the editing function. That's true. I am aware of this. Okay, well, anyway. I'm fascinated by your organizing past. Uh, you worked with the mine workers, with the textile workers. How do you keep from getting burned out when you do this type of work? I think it's because I love the dailiness of what I do. You know, do I care about the victories? Of course I do. Do I care about the issues? Of course I do. But I kind of love what I do every day. I mean, somebody said to me, so I'm trying to figure out what organizers do. From observing you, I think what you do is sit around with people, have conversations, drink coffee and beer. I'm like, you got it, buddy. Generally speaking, people appreciate what 
I do, what other organizers do. So, you know, I don't think I should get – okay, here's what I think. We are obviously facing some fairly terrible times in this country, along with some really wonderfully good times. People do some wonderful things as teachers, as, you know, as environmentalists, as, you know, as, as plumbers, as nurses. People do wonderful stuff. We shouldn't overlook that. But so many people in this country, they look at what's happening in terms of the environment, in terms of race, in terms of gender, in terms of democracy, and they, they feel powerless to do anything. They can't figure out what to do, and so they feel helpless and passive every day. I do something to try to make a difference. You know, what's not to like? I hope this is a truthful statement. But I don't remember ever getting discouraged about the daily work I do. Some of the nonprofits I've worked for, there have been funding crises. That could be discouraging. Uh, there could be personnel crises. Crises, those could be discouraging. But the work itself actually keeps me from becoming discouraged. Sai Khan is on the line. Your latest social protest work is in Alaska, uh, Bristol Bay, Alaska. What's going on there? So a Canadian mining corporation wants to build, the, and I say Canadian because everybody thinks Canadians are really nice. This is true. <laughs> Their mining corporations are among the worst in the world. Ask any Canadian environmentalist. So a Canadian mining corporation wants to build the world's largest open pit gold and copper mine not far from the headwaters where the salmon spawn and create in Bristol Bay the richest remaining wild salmon fishery in the entire world, a sustainable, healthy fishery. And there has never been an open pit mine in the history of the world that didn't eventually reach into the waters around it. And, and this is a, a campaign that's been going on for 15 years. I'm a very, very, very small part of it. And it brings together many people and organizations that ordinarily would be fighting each other. So, for example, within fishing, you have people who fish for sport, people who fish for subsistence, and people who fish commercially. Uh, generally speaking, <laughs> they don't get along very well. But for real structural reasons, that there, there, there are conflicts between what each of them wants to do and how each of them makes a living. In the, in the fight to stop the proposed Pebble Mine and to protect Bristol Bay permanently, everybody's on the same side. You know, and Alaska is one of two states that is at least one quarter Native peoples, the other one being New Mexico. And many of the people who fish in Bristol Bay are Alaska Natives. So there's a whole question of cultural preservation and preservation of ways of life and languages and community living that's at stake here. Are you making progress? So I, well, now, this is a very, very interesting question. Um, before the election of the current president, the fight had essentially been won. The Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, had ruled against the construction of the mine, and the company was almost bankrupt. I, I think everybody involved believed that it was all over but the shouting, right? And then, of course, we have an administration now that doesn't believe in global warming, that doesn't believe that fossil fuels 
harm the environment and that thinks that businesses should be allowed to run roughshod over communities, over peoples, over the natural environment. So they reversed all these decisions, putting Bristol Bay once more at risk. I think it's not over from their perspective, which is to say, I don't think we've lost. And I do think that we've turned the corner again and that there's hope again, but it's a tough fight. Sai Khan is on the line. So I'm going to take a, a complete turn here now and play another song from your CD that was just released, Best of the Rest, Saikon at 75, the Europe Sessions. Tell me, why did you write Curtains of Old Joe's House? Curtains of Old Joe's House is probably not the kind of song I would write about that issue today. I mean, I wrote it, what, almost 15 years ago. But I continue to write songs about LGBTQ issues, you know, it, it goes back to when I was like a six or seven year old kid. I was building a boat in my backyard, you know, a six foot boat. I, I'm, I'm very grateful to be to have been raised by my rabbi father, who was very good with his hands, having grown up in his dad's gas station in Lowell, Massachusetts. So. You know, I'm I'm a reasonably good carpenter, auto mechanic, plumber, electrician. Um, Something, by the way, that that like our grandkids have no idea what to do. But but it 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 gives me it's and it's also by the way that's how I got my start as an organizer. I was asked to come south with SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, the student wing of the Southern Civil Rights Movement. I was asked to come south not because I had any skills as an organizer. I didn't even know what organizing was in those days because I could help build freedom centers and repair cars. <laughs> so, yeah, so this, that's important to me. I was in, the, you know, in, in our backyard putting building a six-foot long boat, and one of our neighbors came by and said, I, I know carpentry. Would you like some help? And I said, I would love that. That would be so nice. So I told Mom, and Mom said, you know, I have to tell him he can't do that. He's one of those men who likes young boys. I said, of course he likes me. That's why he offered to help. Mom said, no, I'll explain later, right? So I guess my mom told him he couldn't couldn't come help me. I don't believe that he had sexual designs on me, although I can't be sure. I was very, you know, I was heartbroken. Here's a nice guy who wants to help me build my boat, and I'm sure he felt excluded. It, it, it always struck me as, a many tragedy, and maybe my mom was right and saved me from something. And of course, we have to say on the air, the fact that somebody is gay does not mean that they molest young boys. Most molestation of young girls is done by heterosexual men. That's a far more serious problem. So somehow, I mean, this is this is part of what it means to be a songwriter. And I don't know that I did this consciously. I wanted to do a song about the assumptions we make about people different from us, the ways in which we exclude them and mistreat them, and, and the really terrible consequences that those can have. And, and I'm telling you a story that I don't know if it's true. I mean, I know what I told you about what happened to me around boat building. I know that's true. But I created a story that I thought made an important point. And, you know, that came out on my... First album, New Wood, in 1975. And I have a friend who was in the Gay Men's Course in San Francisco. 
that year, and the, the album came out on June Apple Workers, and, and he said, this guy who was a member of the chorus came running into a rehearsal holding the album, and he said, you're not going to believe this. And, you know, some you know gay friends have told me that, you know, that was the first time that anybody put a gay positive song on, it, it would not be accurate to say, major record label, but it was being played on radio. And, you know, I hope it's not true that that was the first, but it may be that it was. Let's listen to Curtains of Old Joe's House. Here's Saikon. My daddy made his living in a little southern town. And after school was over, I would help him with his rounds. He'd sit there in the pickup truck while I wore out my shoes. But he'd always walk beside me when we went up to Old Joe's. Like all the other kids in town, I had never seen his face. Though he used to leave his groceries on the back door of his place. And I knew somebody lived there, cause by morning they'd be gone. But the curtains of old Joe's house were always tightly drawn. They say that in his younger days he had loved another man. And when that small town started talking, his friend died by his own hand. There were whispers among the women and hard talk among the men. But the curtains of old Joe's house were never pulled again. Now I could tell you where this happened, but I think you ought to know that right there where you're living, there are people like old Joe. Cause each of us has secrets that we leave on backroom shelves Keep them hidden from our neighbors and often from ourselves But everybody's got the right to be the way they are If you're not hurting someone else then you've not gone too far So before you start to criticize the lives that others lead Be sure of what you see They say that in his younger days He had loved another man And what went on between them No one there could understand There were whispers among the women And hard talk among the men But the curtains of old Joe's house Were never pulled again Curtains of Old Joe's House, Cy Khan. That's a selection uh, from an earlier album, but also just released on Best of the Rest, Cy at 75. Cy, are you slowing down at 75? No, I'm accelerating. <laughs> okay, watch for this. In G- you know Matt Watroba? Sure. Sure. So, you know, wonderful artist in the vocalized DJ Hall of Fame. So, Matt is in the process of recording an album that is called The Far. Uh, right? oh, the far, not, I've, I've had this title in my head for years. These are the subtitle, at least for now, is the Psycon Funny Song Sing Along Songbook. And I asked them to take complete creative control. 
So, and I gave Matt maybe 40, 50 songs to choose from. I have no idea what's going to end up on the record. I'll find out when he says it to me. But every one of the songs I sent him has a single on chorus, and they are all unbelievably stupid. Funny, but stupid, right? And the test for inclusion is you have to cover your eyes with your face to say, oh, please tell me that Psychod didn't write that song, right? <laughs> so here's my take. I, I am certainly as energetic as I, and as, you know, hardworking as I ever was. I don't take credit for it. I, I'm very, very lucky genetically and, and in terms of, you know, a, a long time, very loving marriage and relationship and, and friends and, and just essentially good health. So I, I, I don't brag on this. I'm just very lucky to have the, the level of energy and, and good health and stability and love around me that I have. Oh, I'm going to ask you just a, a crazy question because I know you've, as oh, of late, you've become a playwright. Uh, you have quite a number of albums out. You've worked as a union organizer with the mine workers, with the textile workers, also with prison uh, reform, trying to get uh, the privatization of prisons out of the system. The latest work with Bristol Bay. When you look back on your long career, what what do you think is your greatest accomplishment? Oh, my God. That's not a crazy question. It's a tough question. I guess the first thing that came to mind is that I kept the faith. To, 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 to inspire other people. No, just that I kept the faith, that I, um, whether I've inspired other people or not, I don't know that. That's a question you have to ask other people. I, I think that so many people begin working for social change, and then they think, ah, I think I'll go to business, or I think I'll go to work for a corporation and, you know, or, or, or maybe, maybe that was, that was my youth. You know, I was, in my youth, I fought for civil rights, but then I realized that change begins at home. So I'm doing organic gardening. Nothing wrong with doing orga organic gardening. I have not lost faith in the ability of everyday people to organize, to fight back, to resist, to change the conditions of the world around us. And I have not faltered in the belief that this is what I was meant to do in this world. I don't mean in any spiritual sense. I found good work and I've continued to do it for 53 years. I am, I'm grateful. Okay, so, so you know how people say, oh, I just want to age gracefully. You've heard that, right? Sure. To which, to which the response is, oh, good luck. Right? <laughs> and I realized about two years ago, what I am aging is gratefully. What didn't you expect about growing old? Oh, that I would make so many of the noises that my parents made. <laughs> I think it's the other way around for me, Michael. That's a very good question. I think that things that I anticipated, which is, you know, like declining health, declining energy, um, maybe a loss of faith, as I've seen happen to so many people, those things have not happened. And... I know I'm old. You know, I'm not pretending I'm not old. I'm not trying to be other than I am. But I am finding old age. Uh, and I'm not a senior. I'm an old person, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm finding it to be a wonderful time. I have a very good sense of who I am. I, thanks to years and years of therapy, I have a good sense of who I am. I have a, the most extraordinary, loving, sustaining relationship. We have three kids. We have three grandkids. I got some great relatives like my cousins diana and jack Cod, right there listening to you now right 
and, and many, many more. I come from a great family, a very large family. Um, so many of my first cousins are like siblings to me. I have a wonderful sister, and I have good work to do. And um, I guess I would say I didn't expect life at 75 to be as rich and as good as it is. And I, and I want to make it clear it's because I had good luck. Um, all Lots of people have worked as hard as I have, have kept the faith, have done righteous work, and are sick and, are, and have passed on. Um, I've just been extraordinarily lucky. I don't take credit for this. Saikon is on the line. His new CD, Best of the Rest, it's picks from his previous albums. Sai at 75 years old, the European session. Saikon, let me finish with one more song. Tell me about I Have Seen Freedom. Oh, this is, this is, this, you know, Michael, there's so many songs that I've written. People say, well, tell me about it. I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea where, where I wrote it. But I just want to throw one thing in that, that um, my guiding light in my songwriting is to refuse self-censorship, right? I, I, to me, to be a political artist is just to be an artist. And if you don't write about the critical issues of the day, you've taken a political stance. So I, I'm just think, no, I write about the whole of life. I write love songs. I write funny songs. I write songs that are just stories. And, and I refuse to silence myself on issues like sexual harassment, like, like the exploitation of people. You know the list. Mm-hmm. So that, that's my guiding principle. I worked in the Southern Civil Rights Movement very briefly as a volunteer in the summer of 1965. I would have stayed, but my draft board got in the way. You remember the draft boards. And, um, and, and I was on a plane 25 years later, and I was reading the paper. I think they passed it out free. And it said 25, 25th anniversary of the murder of Goodman, Cheney, and Schroener. These were three civil rights workers, one a local African-American, Andrew Goodwin from Mississippi, two Jewish civil rights workers, Michael Schwerter and, and James Cheney. I think I've got their names mixed up. Cheney was Mississippi, um, who were kidnapped by the Klan, tortured, murdered, and buried beneath an earthen dam in Philadelphia, Mississippi. And I wasn't there at the time, uh, but it was traumatic for all of us who were grassroots organizers of the civil rights movement. And there I was, upgraded to first class by Eastern Airlines, because in those days I spent my life in the air. And I, and I just started crying uncontrollably, you know, I, 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 to my surprise. And I sat there surrounded by business boys in their three-piece urban suits, and I'm scribbling lies. I wrote it on the flight. And, and, it, and it is, it is, it is my tribute to the extraordinary courage of the Southern African-Americans who changed the history of this country forever and of the, you know, the, the white allies, Jewish and Methodist and Catholic who stood by their side. That's the story. I, I think you could also say that, that in some ways it relates to Michael, what I told you earlier about keeping the faith. You know, says, says the chorus has been a long time, but, I keep on trying, because I know where I am bound. Been a hard road, but I don't mind dying. I have seen freedom. And let me just point out, 
I don't mind dying, but I would prefer to do it uh, 25 years from now. <laughs> Psycon. Because wait till you hear what I've got planned for the 100th. Oh, boy. Saikon, <laughs> well, thank you for what you do. Thank you for the music you write and play, and I hope to catch up with you soon. Thank you, and Michael, thank you for what you do. Thank you for the music you play and for bringing the music of myself and so many other wonderful folk artists out to the world. Here's I Have Seen Freedom, Saikon. I read in the paper, I watched on the show They said that it happened a long time ago The years had gone by, I just didn't know Working for freedom now The songs that we sang still ring in my ears The hope and the glory, the pain and the fears I just can't believe it's been 45 years Working for freedom now Been a long time But I keep on trying For I know where I am bound Been a hard road But I don't mind dying I've seen freedom Sometimes we stumble, sometimes we fall Sometimes we stand with our backs to the wall This road will humble the proudest of all Working for freedom now Though the road up ahead may stretch out far and long We must always remember the roads that we've gone Memory will help us to keep keeping on Working for freedom now Been a long time But I keep on trying For I know where I am bound Been a hard road But I don't mind dying I have seen freedom Those who have fallen and given their last have passed on to us what remains of their task to fight for the future and pray for the past looking for freedom now the song of their laughter the step of their feet the voice of their pain that cries out in our sleep will be judged in the end by the faith that we keep Working for freedom now Been a long time But I keep on trying For I know where I am bound Been a hard road But I don't mind dying I have seen freedom The wind in the winter Is bitter and chill the cries of the hunted are heard on the hill. I just can't believe there's such suffering still. Working for freedom now. The wind blows the summer from fields far away. We stand in the dust 
in the heat of the day. Our hearts stop so still that there's nothing to say. Working for freedom now, been a long time, but I keep on trying, for I know where I am bound. Been a hard road, but I don't mind dying. I have seen freedom.